Hi, everyone. My name is George Arnold. I'm head of commercial at Invest Africa, and you are listening to our brand new Meet the Entrepreneur podcast series. In this series, uh, you're going to hear straight from leading entrepreneurs from across the continent and how they got started, the industry changing businesses they have built, and where their companies are heading. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by one of the co founders and current chief growth officer of Kobo 360, Ife Oyedeli II. Welcome, welcome. Hi, George. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the call. Thank you for joining us. So for those of you that don't know, Kobo 360 are completely changing, really have changed the logistics landscape on the continent. Relatively fresh off of last year's big Series A funding round, it's a tech-enabled digital platform which connects truckers and companies to delivery services. Ife, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's, I can say it's, um, it's, it's like a, an Uber or Bolt for the logistics and haulage sector, right? Yes, uh, that's a fair, fair description. Uh, of course, we've evolved to other things, uh, but yes, um, that's a fair, fair uh, description. Brilliant. Well, let's just jump straight into it. Give me a little bit of an introduction to you, Kobo 360, uh, you know, the genesis of the, con uh, the concept and a sort of a brief history to how you guys got started and up and running. Uh, okay, uh, so myself and my co-founder, Obi, uh, Ozor, uh, who's the CEO, we met at the university at university in uh, Michigan in 2011, and we had started to conceptualize the idea of um, starting starting a business uh, when we eventually moved back back to Africa uh, from the US. Uh, so um, we had dabbled in a lot of logistics when when the US. So we shipped some baby diapers to Nigeria. Um, some hand sanitizers during the Ebola crisis, and and some and some soaps, so like Dove soap and and several consumable items, and so that was where we faced a lot of challenges uh, uh, with with logistics in terms of getting it into the country in Nigeria, um, getting to the to, to the retailers and to the last mile, and um, so that sort of set us on a path to what we wanted to do when we moved back to Nigeria and uh, Obi had uh, some experience working at as the at, at the operations director at Uber and where we got exposed to to the marketplace model of of of, of transportation but in this case passenger transportation and uh, after a couple of months at Uber I quit my company in the US and we started to work for a local uh, logistics company in Nigeria and we saw the real life challenges of moving goods, transporting goods across the country. Um, lack of technology, lack of transparency, a lot of leakages and theft. And um, we started to brainstorm, what do we do to optimize this, uh, this, this market, this industry? Because it's a, it's a huge industry with, with a lot of opportunities and um, nobody was looking at that space. And um, after a couple of months of working with that, with that lo local firm, we stepped out, uh, stepped back, and 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 started Cobo 360. So that's pretty much the history, a little bit of the history. Now we've we've gone from um, servicing one customer to over uh, over a thousand customers across uh, six different markets, um, and uh, working with uh, having moved about a billion over a billion kilograms in packages and goods, and uh, um, we are we are in Nigeria, Ghana. Togo, uh, Kenya, Uganda, and Ivory Coast now. 
sort of the, the situation around the, the COVID-19 has sort of halted our exp expansion plans a little bit, um, but we have a solution that we think that can benefit uh, the entire African and Middle East con um, continent at the moment. So it's it's been a big uh, sort of a quick expansion, if you will, right? Um, and and you guys have been able to scale up really quickly, which is great to see. Um, you mentioned you you went from one customer to a thousand, or over a thousand now. Uh, tell us a little bit more about your clients and who your customers tend to be. Are you partnering with big corporates? How, how does that process work? Yes. Yeah, so initially, we started with large enterprises. Um, the logistics and supply chain industry in Africa, uh, especially spe specifically in sub-Saharan Africa, was a little bit fragmented. Um, so you had companies like the Unilevers and the Lafards that 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 uh, produce and manufacture a lot of a lot of their goods, but they cannot get enough supply, enough enough supply of trucks to move their goods across the country. Uh, so what we did was when we onboarded these customers on our platform, so these large enterprises, we sort of got to got clarity on their 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 their, their supply request or their demand request, I, I would say, um, the number of trucks they would require on a daily, monthly basis. So that set us on a path to aggregate uh, a lot of trucks uh, and trailers and lorries and, and vans on our platform. And so we started with the large enterprises. Um, so the likes of, as I mentioned, Unilever, Nestle, uh, Lafarge, uh, Dangote, and then now we've expanded into the SME space. Uh, so working with the supermarkets, uh, the small retailers, the small businesses who just want to move um, seasonal seasonal goods um, across uh, from one location to the other. And we work with farmers as well, moving up uh, large amounts of agricultural produce across the country. Uh, so it's been evolving uh, from large enterprises to SMEs, uh, to even now on-demand spot hires. So say you want to move move all the items in your home, uh, you can go on to download our app and place a request for a truck and uh, and uh, the location and does all the packing and loading and moves on to deliver. Uh, so yes, the majority of our business is with large enterprises, about 60% about of that. And then 30% uh, is uh, the SMEs. Uh, the SME we just launched last year and it's been growing uh, uh, steadily over the past uh, couple of months. So if someone had a, a truck then and they wanted to you know, put themselves on the platform, they can just register that with you? Do you guys have any sort of vetting checks for them? How, how does that process look? What does that process look like? Yes, yeah, so the process is, uh, is, 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 quick, is simple. Once they go into download our app, the Cobo Transporter app from the, from the Play Store or the Apple Store, uh, they just register their information, their truck details, and then somebody from our operations department will contact them and schedule an inspection uh, date to inspect the asset. So the asset needs to meet certain requirements uh, before it gets fully onboarded on the platform to start servicing um, servicing the, the uh, our customers. Uh, once, this, once they pass those checks, um, they can now get access to seeing the daily, daily requests. And then we also um, we get we give them a consent form to attach uh, tracking devices on the trucks, or we or we equip the drivers with smartphones to give them visibility on their goods and where their truck is at any given time, so that if there's uh, any incidents, maybe a breakdown 
or uh, uh, along the highway, we send our safety, we dispatch our safety team um, to go and resolve those issues uh, immediately. Or if, if it requires a transloading, um, we, we, would, we would action that right away. Uh, so those are some of the benefits. Um, one additional benefits that has uh, that uh, a transport a truck owner has is that they get access to discounted value-added services. Uh, so a diesel discount. They can, we have diesel partners across the, the our markets where they can get the diesel at a, at a, at a slightly uh, cheaper rate. Uh, they have access to discounted tires and other truck parts that would that uh, they would use to service service their trucks. And then also in terms of the payment, um, we advance these transporters or these truck owners. We pay them once they accept to once they accept to pick up goods from Cobo, um, or for a Cobo customer, and we pay them on delivery. Uh, so they don't have to worry about 30-day or 60-day payments. Uh, their payments are instant on the platform, and we just deal with all the communications and invoicing with uh, with the enterprise with large enterprises. So those are a lot of benefits um, um, to somebody who has a truck. Uh, has a truck. If you are your own driver, you have you can earn at least twenty five percent more in revenue because your 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 assets are utilized more, and you have access to a value added services network of vendors uh, on the platform. It's it's yeah it's a lot of moving pieces right excuse the pun, um, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and and so imagine or in my brain anyway it sounds it sounds very complicated to to sort of manage all of those components and parts yeah. and yeah. and you guys seem to have you know grown exponentially in such a short period what's mm-hmm. sort of been key to scaling up in the sort of you know four years of operation. Um, I think it's uh, it's the put customers first um, notion that we've been driving the business with, um, and of course it's the industry that we're, we're playing with, playing in and having the right team. Um, we have a very very strong team um, across each market that we operate, and um, they understand that um, logistics. What we describe logistics is, uh, um, as we usually use the term. Although it's different now, but we usually use the term that logistics is like a, it's like a hospital. It just just never stops running. Um, you need to deliver goods twenty four seven across uh, uh, the entire country, entire market, uh, because people have to eat, people have to get their daily consumables. Um, so once you have this notion in in your mind, uh, every single time you meet with your team for a strategy session is. How do you make this better? How do you make this more efficient? How do you improve um, the, the, the working conditions for your drivers and transporters? How do you improve the efficiency and optimization and, and, and reduce the, the, the downtime and shortages and deliveries for your customers? So once you start preaching this and then practicing what you preach, um, your customers start to see the value that you bring to the table, your transporters and every stakeholder, and they start to trust you a little bit more. Um, so given that commitment and, and the, 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 the level of work that our team have, have put in, um, I think it's evident in, in the trust that our, our customers and our owner and the stakeholders have, have placed on us. And we work day, day to day to ensure that we don't, we don't disappoint and we continue to live up to their expectations or exceed their expectations. And that's why even during this uh, pandemic, um, we're working around the clock um, 24-7. We try as much as possible to support our staff working from home and uh, and the team the team is still is still uh, is still moving 
I like that that concept of always looking to improve. It's a little bit of Kaizen, isn't it? Um, okay, well, yes. mo- moving slightly away from the day-to-day operations of Kobo 360 and, and sort of the origins, I wanted to to sort of touch upon um, you know something which is pretty important to the sort of text landscape across Africa, which is funding. Uh, and I and I sort of you know it's a topic many other entrepreneurs around the region um, always have at the back of their mind or potentially most probably many have many of them have it at the front of it uh, but I wanted to sort of touch on um, a little bit of the funding ecosystem in, in Africa generally if that's cool yeah so um, you know first off right big congratulations on last year's uh, series a funding round um, we were, all of us at invest africa were really pleased to hear about this um, yeah. perhaps you could give a little bit of overview to that and and tell us where, where you guys are going to be utilizing that money yes um, so to start with that uh, we closed our series a round uh, led by goldman sachs uh, in august july august of last year um, and uh, yes it was uh, was a very it was a very interesting experience we learned a lot um and um um one thing we saw was that you know before we we're scared of big name investors um but we we're, we're learning now that um once you stay true to your values as as a company as a founder and as a, as a team um and your investors or potential investors see that um that you because you didn't start out building out the company for investors you started out. I, I would. I would assume that many, many, many startup founders um, started out building a company for themselves, uh, for their community, to to create an impact. And so, once that shows in your in your business transformation over a period of time, or 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 or, or, or your numbers or your growth, I think investors are quick to realize that. And um, so, that was a good experience for us. It sort of. Um, um, I, I won't say give us a stamp of approval, but it, it made us feel uh, more confident in the work that we're doing. And um, we started we started being less scared of, of these big name investors and we started to see them as allies. And how do we partner uh, partner together um, to bring ideas on the, uh, to the table, work on strategies to scale the business, to grow the business? Because that's what investors want. They want to, of course, they want to get, get more return, uh, but they, it's not going to happen overnight. It has to do with building the right company, building the right processes, uh, having governance, all of these things that that require building and scaling a company that 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 would last long and weather storms like financial crisis or a, a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so that experience has brought us to think beyond just having the 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 idea of being a startup founder to also thinking about governance, uh, processes, systems, um, things that. Um, that would uh, make sure that the company is stable and can endure um, certain situations. I think that's really important, right? Is uh, don't be scared of investors. Look at them as as partners and allies in the journey. Because, right, yep. as you say, you're you're looking to your your business is is providing a solution, right, uh, to a problem that's out there. So yeah, I think that's a really important takeaway. Um, but taking it a couple steps. Back from that, um, mm. where did you guys initially look for a little bit of funding? Was it, you know, angel investors, crowdfunding, accelerators? 
Um, how did you get that sort of first tranche to sort of get you properly up and running? Yeah, the very first tranche was, I would say it's a, it was a, it was a, a, a kind a type of crowdfunding where we solicited for funds from family and friends and ex-bosses and ex-managers at, at previous companies. Um, so that was where we got the first, uh, first break. And that paid for essentially the first few trips we ran on the platform and then a tiny office space. Um, the, so we had to move out of our, 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 our houses um, to a tiny office space. So that was the first place we, we started to, to, to get investors. Uh, but we're lucky um, very early on, we started to get some traction and we started to get noticed in the media. So people were reaching out, uh, but fortunately for us, um, uh, we got into uh, the Y Combinator program in uh, in, in Silicon Valley, and um, that propelled us uh, to to the next level of talking to big name investors for the seed round. And um, it was around the time when uh, and when the IFC was uh, talking to us um, and trying to understand what we're, what we're doing. So that that timing was sort of like a perfect timing for uh, for us to get into the Y Combinator program, and also also matched with the with the little bit of um, media media attention that we were getting when we initially started. So I would say. Um, for early on, early stage uh, companies that are looking for funding, um, try to look towards your 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 inner network of, cir of uh, circle of, of of connections, and if not, uh, there's a lot of people right now, a lot of of, of companies, uh, startups, uh, investors, and VC and angel investors that are willing to put in small, write small checks to companies that they believe in or that have great ideas and strong, strong, strong founders. Uh, so for us, it was crowdfunding from from friends and family and then um, from ex-bosses and ex-managers and then um, going through the Y Combinator program. Interesting and, and yeah really interesting to hear that, that journey and do you think you know we're going to be seeing more uh, sort of tech-enabled businesses from across the the continent going through the Y Combinator program over the next couple of years, or, or are we going to see a sort of a bit of a switch as well, as, and see a lot more of those accelerator programs, um, you know, across the continent start to proliferate and more businesses coming out of those? Yes, so I think of course, even I mean, given the given this um, this current crisis and situation that we are in. Um, a lot of people are 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 thinking through how do they switch to a more efficient way of doing business, which requires uh, some sort of technology. Uh, but we can't we can't discount the fact that other other businesses and other industries need to be um, looked at um, beyond just tech. Um, so the bio biomedical and the bioengineering and the biotech businesses um, um, are are are. Are gaining more traction now because they are seeing that they're they're very they're they're bringing a lot of value um, to the world, um, given this crisis that is that is um, that is happening across the globe. So I think going through Y Combinator and all of these accelerator programs, you're going to be seeing more tech-enabled businesses because you need tech to evolve. Uh, but we're going to be seeing a lot of investments in other other niches, other spaces, uh, healthcare, uh, insurance, tech, and all of these other industries are 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 coming up and being noticed uh, noticed uh, these days. 
You mentioned the IFC as well, right? And they're very active on on supporting and looking to invest into to tech enabled businesses, those businesses that are disrupting disrupting the uh, sort of you know common way of doing business. Do you see other international financial institutions uh, looking to become more involved in, and and sort of work with you know these disruptor business disruptive businesses, or is it sort of just you know IFC operating in that space at the moment? Um, no, no. There's there's other investors that are that are that are, are looking at that space now. Um, beyond just uh, um IFC, of course, the International Financial Corporation is very very active in in the in the continent, and they sort of set the pace and set the trend. Uh, but we're seeing uh investors like TLcom coming in, even even big name investors like Goldman, and 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 there's there's many on the horizon now that I've seen the the potential in Africa and they, they don't want to miss out on 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 new new and new opportunities and even existing opportunities as well. So definitely we'll be seeing more investments from other institutional investors uh, um, um, beyond IFC. And and you think that the sort of funding landscape generally across the continent is is changing a bit, um, especially in the tech sector. Do you do you see sort of now, more corporate partners becoming involved. Yes, uh, definitely. We're seeing a lot of partnerships uh, between companies and uh, corporate partnerships. Um, so you would see that if you've been reading the news, you will see that Visa has uh, has invested a lot in in Africa and African in African companies. Uh, so I think the most recent one was uh, with InterSwitch. Um, so we're going to be seeing a lot of these uh, partnerships because you, we need them to thrive. thrive. Many of these uh, partnerships spur um, global transactions, uh, uh, increase the, the need for a global footprint and bringing African solutions to, uh, uh, to the rest of the world and to other, other markets that need that solution. So that's why the corporate ma- uh, partnerships uh, are something that we'll be seeing more. And obviously, it's not a podcast at the moment, you know, without ignoring coronavirus, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, unfortunately. Um, do you think that the the sort of COVID-19 pandemic is going to have a destabilizing effect on the uh, sort of tech investor community? Or do you see them still sort of powering through and, and realizing the importance of, of funding these businesses at the moment, sort of, you know, propelling full steam ahead? Um, I, I don't think it'll be a propelling full steam ahead um, sort of mindset, but I think it'll be uh, uh, give a take a cautionary look at things, at the business model, as the idea, uh, at the team. Uh, but I don't think they're just going to pull back and say, oh, we're not going to invest in Africa or, or any frontier market or any emerging market. These uh, developments are, are going are, are gonna to always happen where businesses are going to always evolve and optimize uh, on the landscape. So people are having to adjust to working from home um, and probably diversifying their businesses. Um, so I don't think it's going to be, I don't think they're going to pull back. I don't think they're going to go full steam ahead. But I think they're going to do a, 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 a take a deeper look into the companies that they are going to be investing in and look at how sustainable they are and, and even guide them towards thinking what happens, God forbid, we don't expect it to happen, but what happens if there's a, another coronavirus a year from now, two years from now? How do, how do companies, if you start your company now, if you scale your company, how do you weather that storm? Uh, how do you put things in place to ensure that 
you are protected? Um, how do you ensure that your spending is at a reasonable rate so you, you don't have, you're not hit with a high OPEX when uh, when these kinds of things hit? hit? So I think uh, investors will be will be uh, cautious, but I don't think they will pull back. I think they will assess deals more. Uh, they will give it a little uh, a longer look through through the telescope and the microscope, and then um, and make their decision. So I don't think we should be. There's no. I don't think anybody should panic. Uh, I don't think investors are panicking. These guys are smart people, so they 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 know what they're doing. They know what is going on in the news and the media and the country. So. Um, they understand that there's there's also an uh, opportunity beyond uh, a pandemic or beyond a financial crisis or or, or, or whatever uh, situation we find ourselves. Yeah, and, and switching away from that sort of that, that funding investor topic, how how's coronavirus been impacting you? Um, so again, as I mentioned earlier, our business is uh, it's an essential uh, essential part of. Uh, um, the industry in, uh, because we're moving goods uh, across uh, the country, across the markets that we operate. Um, one of the major impacts that we've seen and we've been trying to address is the lack of clarity. Um, so with the shutdown in, in some of these countries and the curfews, um, there's no clear information on on what this on what these transporters should do, how they should move. Um, so you'll find that some of our transporters are scared to move out, even though they're considered essential, moving goods, moving food and consumables across. across. Uh, but um, what we're doing is trying to re-educate them and let them know that they are essential. They, are, they don't have to worry about any of these things. Um, some of them, in some cases, we're working with local and state governments to get them the educate passes to move around. Um, so I think um, we're trying to constantly engage with the stakeholders, with the government, with the public sector, and with our transporters and our, and our partners to say, hey, you are, you are a necessity during this period. You are actually positively impacting the lives of people, uh, whether it's in the healthcare industry or, or people that are just at home and need, need to buy food and grow essential goods at home. Um, so we want to keep educating them. We want to keep working with the government to ensure that there's more clarity and there's more definition to how the process works, who are the people that that are that are that can move around without being uh, uh, affected or or disturbed by by law enforcement and these things and on or by the by the task force. So that's that's where the impact has been so far. But of course, we're working through it. And the other part is, uh, of course, you've had guys who have never worked from home before. So it's training them and educating with the, educating them and working them through how to work from home. How to, of course, there's also the mental health um, and and the, and the and the restlessness that comes from just being at home for for days and weeks. Um, so it's just keeping them active. Uh, we're trying to work with uh, our team to see how we can uh, send some interactive exercise videos and things like that to just keep them active and keep them um, so they don't just get bored. Um, so that's where we see um, some of the challenges uh, in in. Uh, in this uh, pandemic and the shutdown, but we're hoping it doesn't last too long. Uh, we continue to to tweak our, our operations. Uh, we continue to engage with everybody, our team, whether it's uh, bi-weekly or every every week we have uh, we have more, more calls with our team members to just keep them abreast of the situation and, and make them feel that they don't have anything to panic about and just keep working through through the process.
Yeah, I, f- I've, I find that the hardest part about this, right, is trying to keep the sort of mind fresh and uh, sane in a way and sort of keep it moving forward. Um, yeah, working from home, the, the sort of novelty of it wears off quite quickly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you mentioned there that you guys are working, with, and especially during crises times like this, you work quite closely with local and state governments. Uh, yes. I imagine that that's a relationship that you guys um you know develop and and put a lot of effort into throughout you know over all the years that you guys operate right um i imagine they're they're sort of essential allies and co-partners to what you're trying to do um how how do you work with these bodies um and sort of can you little can you touch upon a little bit the 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 necessity and the importance of, of having them on board with you Yes, so I think um, I think again you, in in a, in a, in a, in a sector where you're moving goods across across different uh, borders and different countries and continents, um, you can't ignore ignore the fact that uh, the government plays a key role. And um, of course, uh, we keep talking about the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, and uh, we we're, we're hopeful we're still hopeful that it will kick off in a very uh, strong way. Um, but they cannot be ignored. Um, I think it's a what we've been what we've been touting or the conversation that we've been having with them is that um, we we as much we are also as much of a benefit to you as as you are to us as well. Uh, we want we 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 good governance is is, is good for everybody. Um, so with that, we say hey, there's there's these activities that are going on on our platform. Um, we want to make sure that we're doing everything to comply with the with the with the regulatory laws and bodies. Uh, but at the same time, we want to make sure that there's transparency, and um, where where the government can assist us in driving the business forward and and giving clarity to places with with to areas where there there isn't much 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 clarity would help. Um, so it's a constant engagement. It, it takes time, of, of course, as you know, working with any government. Uh, so with this, with this, uh, just to give you an example, uh, we've reached out to state and federal government around this crisis to to just uh, work with us, uh, sit down with us, and spend some time to understand our business process, see what value we can bring to the table for this government, and then um, prefer a solution that will help drive transparency and drive uh, 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 the relationship forward. So it's a long-term investment in terms of time and effort, uh, but it's one of those things where every, if you're working in a sector like, like, like ours and FinTech and many of these, many of these sectors that require government relationship, um, you need to invest in it. Um, you need to understand that um, while they may not have the, their policies and, and uh, and regulations may not be up to date. It is our task. It is our job to work with them to see how it can get up to date and how it 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 it, it supports businesses and also supports the government as well. So you mentioned the uh, African Continental Free Trade Agreement there, um, and uh, you know the uncertainty regarding the implementation of that. Uh, yeah. What do you what do you think is going to happen and 
on top of that, I wanted to sort of plug in your global logistics operating system, your GLOS, which I think is a, a sort of a big component to that um, to that uh, that free trade agreement. And, and you're looking to sort of plug that into it, right? Maybe you could yes. provide the listeners with a little bit more detail on what that looks like. Um, so, yeah, so in terms of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, um, I think I think um, there needs to be more. I know that the governments are doing a lot to, to drive that, uh, but I think there needs to be more engagement. I think I talked about this in the last Invest Africa summit I attended. I think there needs to be more participation with um, um, not just the large corporates, uh, but also with the small businesses, the startup entrepreneurs, um, and industries like ours that uh, that would be that would that have sort of an, a role to play um, um, across the across the the the, the, the market. Uh, so with that, I think there needs to be more engagement. There needs to be a consistent discussion. There needs to be uh, a, 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 an update, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's an information on where we are weekly or monthly on getting that up to date and seeking help from, from as I mentioned, some of, some of us in the startup game who are more flexible and nimble, whether it's to build the technology to support this uh, in terms of transparency, or to just give our own inputs uh, and 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 be part of the movement uh, because I, I, it's it's going to take some time. Um, so everybody needs to get involved. Uh, all the key people need to get involved and make it happen. Because for us, uh, GLOS is while it's a cobalt tool, it's a tool for Africa. It's for it's us. It's us using technology to drive efficiency and optimization of the logistics and supply chain industry. Um, so it has components of blockchain um to to minimize the time spent in in transaction processing and, and contract verification so there's a lot of components of glos that we are we're excited to see come on board when the african continental free trade agree, uh, agreement kicks off uh but we are we're we're piloting that right now on a small scale uh with our with our current uh uh, customers and our stakeholders. So we would like more engagement with the uh, with the African Continental Free Trade Agreement Board board um, on a startup level uh, because we are the ones that are going to be doing the movement. The large the large corporates, uh, the, the the guys that do manufacturing across all of these markets, uh, need to be involved in that discussion so it it can move uh, faster. Uh, so that's where we are with that. And uh, GLOS is an exciting product, and we think that. It would be uh, a, a huge benefit uh, to the African Continental Free Trade Agreement once it's once it's rolled out. So we're going to see it rolled out across the continent, and then maybe in other emerging markets in Southeast Asia, South Asia, LATAM, for example. Yes, uh, definitely, and and then and the Middle East. So we're 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 charting our course through Africa, through the Middle East, and then and then and then Asia. Um, so Africa will be the biggest driver of that, and then the Middle East uh, in the in the coming in the coming months, not too not too in the not too distant future. Uh, but the solution is for everyone, everyone in the logistics and supply chain uh, in industry. It's something that it's uh, sector agnostic, and it's a very very flexible uh, uh, product and service that anybody can plug in, and it it just optimizes your your business solution. Uh, so it's a technology-driven solution that doesn't um, that doesn't uh, take away the fact that there's there's manual operations involved in logistics 
Um, so it's 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 very sensitized to the industry, and uh, it's I, I, we think that it's it's going to be great. I love it. African tech going truly global. Um, we got to see more of it over the next few years as well. Um, before we finish, I wanted to to ask you a little something on sustainability. Right, one of the positives and and sort of silver linings which can come out of of the coronavirus pandemic is is sort of there may be a bit of a paradigm shift or, or sort of you know, the shift towards sustainability and being environmentally friendly, you know, sort of may benefit from everything that's going on with people being grounded, unable to travel, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think that looks like in the logistics sector? And are we going to see the introduction of electric haulage vehicles soon? And and by that, I mean completely everywhere. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, 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 of course some developed markets are, have already been um, doing this uh, with the testing, piloting the electric trucks. Um, what we are seeing in Africa is that we're trying to reduce the number of of old trucks um, that emit um, that have more CO two emissions in the in the atmosphere. Um, so we're trying to eliminate those trucks by working with the truck manufacturers and. and Buyers, uh, to inject new trucks on the platform on the platform and um, and provide these trucks to our transporters at a at a discounted or more affordable rate uh, um, and and over a, uh, giving them a, a a reasonable payment period over a period of time. Uh, but what we're also seeing is that we've been having conversations around um, possibly possibly using trucks that are that are being uh, powered by natural gas. Uh, so that's something that we want to pilot. In the coming months, um, so we're thinking. Of course, Africa is a little bit uh, far away when it comes to electric vehicles because we don't have the road networks yet built to support this. Uh, but what we can do right now is look at things like natural gas. It it uh, cuts down uh, CO two emissions significantly. Significantly, I think the last report I read was anywhere from thirty five percent to sixty percent. And then the use of brand new trucks or, or certified used trucks that have been refurbished by the original manufacturers. So essentially swapping out these old trucks on the roads with, with new trucks and, and, um, and uh, monitoring the lifespan so that they can be swapped out again. Uh, so that's some of the things that we're, we're, some of the things that we're seeing uh, in other continents like Europe, and we're trying to, to, to replicate that here in, in Africa. Um, so yes, electric trucks may be a little bit far out in um, in uh, Africa, but there's other things that we can be doing right away. Um, so like testing the viability of these natural gas-powered trucks, and then giving uh, our transporters the opportunity to swap out old trucks for new trucks at uh, and not be scared of the the bill, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm really conscious that we're running out of time. Uh, so one, thank you very much for joining us today and and spending some of your precious time giving us a little bit of a, uh, an update to what you guys are up to at the moment and sort of where the whole story started. It's, it's been fascinating. Um, but I want to leave on two final questions. They're a bit more general. One, if you had one piece of advice for entrepreneurs across the continent, what is it? Two, what's exciting you most across the sort of tech industry, if I can say that, um, across the region? Uh, what? Yeah. 
I know it's a tough question to finish on. <laughs> so I, questions, I, I, should say. I think the general question that, 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 that to the answer to your first question is that the answer I give um, um, uh, several times on several platforms is to always seek out help, always get help. Um, uh, entrepreneurs always try to answer all their questions in their head. Uh, but what we've seen over the past uh, two and a half years of this journey is that we don't have all the answers. Um, so reach out to people. Don't be afraid to reach out. I used to be scared to reach out to people, other founders, other, other established entrepreneurs. Uh, but the best advice I've gotten are from these guys who have been there, done that. Um, so get help. Um, from 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 people who have experience, um, definitely um, go outside your network. If they're not in your network, try to reach out. There's LinkedIn, there's social media, there's so many means. There's, I think there's now, I would say in the world we live in today, there's less than a two, three degree of separation amongst people um, thanks to the digital age. So definitely reach out and get help um, to questions that you don't have the answer to. And if you're, if you're stuck in a bind or if you have a problem, I, there's almost almost no way uh, you wouldn't find somebody who has gone through that, and um, it's just about asking questions and, and getting getting the right advice and getting help. Uh, so that's the answer to your first question. What was the second question again? I think the question was what excites me about the uh, the the region. It was literally yeah. what is the most exciting. Um, you know, tech-enabled business trend which is coming onto the market at the moment. What are you most excited about? Um, I don't think there's any one in particular, but I think I'm excited about what is going on in the in the in the healthcare space. Uh, so with uh, 45 Gene, um, it's exciting what they're doing. Um, um, there's a couple of, of startups in the healthcare space that come to mind and that are transforming. Um, Africa, African uh, health, health tech, and then insure tech as well. So there's, 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 those are two two industries that are that are gaining a lot of traction and uh, um, uh, visibility in the in the region. But I think it's also more so the 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 interest, the excitement, and um, I'm seeing entrepreneurs make bolder moves these days um, to. Uh, to start their companies, uh, you know, quit their nine to fives and actually run with that idea or that dream or that vision that they've always had. So that is what is exciting me in general, um, from fintech to logistics, to supply chain, to medical, to healthcare, to insurance. We're seeing a lot of ideas springing up. Uh, we've seen new cohorts of, uh, of uh, tech accelerator, of, um, of startups going through tech accelerator programs. So we're just excited for the future. We're excited to have more collaborative uh, people uh, to engage with uh, in different industries and different sectors. So um, we're just going to keep uh, watching and keep uh, working together as much as we can. Ife, thank you very much for the time today. Uh, it's been great chatting with you. I'm hoping we're going to get to see you in Lagos and in London sometime soon again, uh, hopefully not in the too distant future. Um, how do we keep up to date with you and the latest updates from Kobo? Is it Twitter? Is it LinkedIn? Is it the website? Is it TikTok even? How, how do yeah, we keep so updated? We have, a, we have a blog uh, which I'll share with you. And then there's also the, the LinkedIn page as well. Uh, LinkedIn will give you a lot of information about what's going on in Kobo. So, yeah. But, of course, you have my number. You just reach out to me. 
I can always have a chat offline. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Be careful what you say because we may take you up on that. Um, but no, thanks <laughs> no so much. Thanks so much for taking the time today. It's always an honor and a pleasure to have you um, speak with our members, our network and our listeners. And we look forward to doing more with you and wish you all the best during uh, these challenging times and, and looking forward to seeing the growth of Kobo 360 moving forward. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, uh, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And please stay safe. Wash your hands and uh, wear your safety mask if you're stepping out. Uh, so uh, stay safe. <laughs> you too. Speak soon. All right, then. Bye. Bye now.